Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, first off, of course, yesterday, from 5 to about 5.30 p.m. East Coast time, Pete Callender, host of the Pete Callender Show at News Radio 570 WWNC, the talk of the mountains, there in Asheville, North Carolina, had, of course, Christian McLeod and Reverend Pamela Mortimer in studio. I joined in by telephone. We had a really interesting conversation about yesterday being the 112-year anniversary of the Will Harris murders, um, which was the largest um, killing spree in downtown Asheville that occurred in 1906. And then, um, of course, last night, well... Christian led a very fortunate group of people on the two-hour trek around downtown, hearing all kinds of amazing stories, but uh, featuring, of course, Reverend Pamela Mortimer's psychic impressions of what happened along the pathway of the killings. And so uh, I would have loved to have been there myself, but, you know, I'm still here on the West Coast, and so I will be, however, debriefing Christian and Pamela over the next 24 hours and so I plan to have a report for you in the next day or two about some of the things that that they both experienced along this historic route and I want to point out that I saw at least one comment in the media where someone uh, who saw the press release about this said oh this is terrible you know it's so insensitive to exploit the pain and suffering of these people who knew the victims and okay well that was 112 years ago. Okay, we're talking about something that happened in 1906. So there was no one alive today who knew any of the victims. And so, uh, to me, that's the standard by which you judge whether or not it's suitable, uh, tasteful, however you want to put it, ethical, moral, to talk about people dying or being killed in some way and in, you, you cannot address the mystery of the afterlife and spirits and ghosts and all that without talking about the reality that we all have to die at some point. It can happen in many different ways, but it happens to all of us. It's the one thing that we all have in common, I guess. Maybe there are other things we have in common, but that's certainly one of them. So um, I don't on my ghost tours that I design and produce and all that, I do not ever promote the idea of talking about incidents that are fairly recent, you know. In fact, uh, there are some tours that have stirred up a lot of controversy, uh, like I think there's one in maybe Wisconsin or uh, something like that, around an area where, um, uh, 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 oh gosh, I can't believe his name has escaped me right now. Uh, <laughs> the, the the cannibal ser- Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, the the serial killer who cannibalized people uh, in the 1990s. There's a tour that talks about you know here's where this happened, here's where that happened. And there there are people who are alive who knew some of those victims, and uh, and they don't like it. Well, that's you know I understand that I understand that, but uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging this real part of Asheville's history or or any town's history that goes back that long ago. Uh, The world was a totally different place, I mean, in many ways. Uh, You can just look at the the way people were were hanged and lynched and 
beaten to death and all these kinds of things uh, on a common basis in, in those days. But anyway, like I say, I will be, um, I'll be giving you an update on that soon. And interestingly enough, last night, while they were giving the tour, I was being interviewed again. And uh, this was an interview that was done with a, um, a YouTube host. So I actually was doing it through video Skype. So my face was there. And a little more work when you, when you do that sort of thing. You have to put your pants on, you know, that kind of stuff. And, uh, but I, I will tell you something about the interview that I did last night. I'm not going to tell you who I did it with. Because, for one thing... I knew before I went on to this program that it was a real conspiracy theory, you know, hardcore conspiracy theory show. And, you know, Jim Mars was one of my best friends. He recently passed away. And I have talked about every conspiracy you can imagine with Jim Mars. And I must tell you, honestly, I do not believe that most conspiracy theories are actually true. Um, I think that people like to talk too much. It goes back to, you know, two can keep a secret if one is dead. People like to talk too much. They get sloppy. And uh, I don't think that some of these grand conspiracies can be maintained to the level necessary uh, for some of these people who, who are really into it. And, I mean, I'd sit around with Jim, and I'd, and he'd bring up something, and I'd be like, Jim, come on, really? Do you really think that's a conspiracy? <laughs> so... Uh, so, you know, we were, we were happy to, to debate and to agree, to disagree on certain things because, you know, Jim kind of believes that, I think, or believed that everything was somehow a part of a big conspiracy. And I don't believe that. But anyway, this guy who interviewed me last night, uh, he has a very, very conspiratorial doom and gloom state of mind. I mean, he really believes that, that our whole country and this whole world is is on the verge of complete apocalyptic collapse that it's just destroying everything and uh which and which by the way i don't even know if if you believe that well then what is there to destroy you know i mean uh, uh but anyway um and this guy uh he really honestly you could tell he sincerely believes this he really believes that there is some type of sinister Illuminati, you know, that's like a singular force behind the scenes that is manipulating everything, and uh, and he, he's he's very angry and paranoid about it. Uh, he he was you know talking about all the security he has because he thinks his life is is in danger because of the things he's talking about, and you know I realized that the the more I I talk to this fella that. Um, you know, to a certain extent, I believe that when you are in the mindset where you believe that everything is going to go to hell in a handbasket, I think that there's a part of you that wants that to happen because it will confirm what you've been saying. It's called confirmation bias, actually. Uh, it's, a, it's a part of logical arguments. And just the definition of it I have right here in front of me, confirmation bias is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. But you see, the other side of that is that you don't acknowledge evidence that conflicts with what you already want to believe. 
So regardless of what the truth is, if you have an agenda, like you believe something, and you've made up your mind, this is how it's going to be, and then somebody else comes along and gives you some data that doesn't match that, well, then you're going to immediately conclude that, well, this person is uninformed. I know way more than this person does. Or this person is part of the conspiracy. And so you see there's no way for that person to see another point of view, right? And, uh, and that's a really sad thing. Because it's kind of like, you know, when you're in philosophy class and you're talking about debating logic and trying to find what's true and all that. If you're in a debate with somebody and, um, and it doesn't matter what the subject matter is, and you say to that person, what would it take, what would you have to see in order to not believe what you believe and to think that I'm right? And... If the person cannot give you an answer to that, well, then there's no point in even having the discussion because it's not a discussion anymore. It's just an individual who has a point of view. Their mind is made up. And uh, those are, I think, the most dangerous situations when someone just makes up their mind, is not willing to consider, maybe I am the one who's completely wrong about this. So, again, I, I won't get into you know, the, any more details about this particular interview because I think that that kind of a mindset is contagious. And I certainly do not believe that I am right when it comes to everything that I say and do. Uh, I believe that I'm probably wrong about all kinds of stuff, and so I'm open-minded to that, and I'm willing to look at things from another person's perspective and say, you know, yeah, I'm, I, I could be wrong about anything. And I think that's part of being a humble individual, frankly, or trying to be one, uh, trying to be uh, more realistic about what it is to be a human, to be a little ant crawling around on the surface of this planet, okay? And so you do have plenty of folks out there who believe that the universe is a place that has just been infected with some kind of evil and that uh, that the whole thing is, is a dark experience that's sort of seeping into every crack and crevice and, and, and trying to crush us. And that's how people, again, they start using that belief to create that reality. Because as you know, in my opinion, after all the research that I've done all these many years, I believe that um, this experience that we call life is actually a big classroom. And it's here to show us just how much responsibility that we should take for this experience because we can individually and collectively control so much more of it than you think now granted we cannot control everything like i say we're all going to die there will be natural disasters there will be you know weather and change and cycles of growth and decay um and if you look throughout history there have been so many dark periods that we now are living in the midst of a utopia compared to 
what it was like just a hundred or two hundred or a thousand years ago. Can you imagine the state of mind, you know, just living through World War Two when, you know, millions and millions of people are doing everything in their power to destroy each other's whole countries, you know, mercilessly killing civilians and everything, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, that wasn't, that's not even a hundred years ago, okay? Um, there is no such thing as a utopia, which would be some state of absolute perfection where you're just, I guess, I don't know, it kind of sounds boring, doesn't it? To just be sitting there without anything going on. But uh, nonetheless, we are living in a utopia compared to where we were. And it it really, sometimes it chaps my ass to think about how a lot of these folks who are alive today who believe that they are so informed are actually so ignorant to the reality of what history has actually been like on this planet. The true terrible things, the diseases that would sweep by, little things like not having air conditioning or refrigerators or just a car you can jump into to go drive, you know, somewhere and come back in a day. I mean, looking at, you can get on an airplane now. And you can go anywhere you want in the world within 24 hours. These are unimaginable, miraculous, wondrous things. You know, you go to have surgery. You can have anesthesia. You don't have to lay there awake and chew on a stick and, you know, curse God or whatever while you're getting your legs sawed off. I mean, it's so amazing to me how we have people who believe that they are very informed about what's happening behind the scenes and and the history of how all this stuff has evolved who take for granted the wondrous state that we live in right now because of good people overcoming a lot of these bad parts of being a human. And, you know, when it comes to the bad things that we do experience in life as humans, if you really want to break it down, a lot of these bad things we bring upon ourselves. These are problems that we create, that we humans create for ourselves, or at very least do not take the proper measures to solve and resolve. I mean, if you really think about it, there aren't a lot of things that are bad that we experience that you, that you can say, like, I have no control over this whatsoever, even when it comes to your health. You know, the the decisions you make about how you treat your body, you know, that's something that you can control. Uh, When it comes to where you live, trust me, if you don't like where you live for some reason, you can get out of there. You just have to be serious about it and you have to be, you know, intelligent enough to sit down and, and manage what you've got and plan ahead. You can, if you don't like where you are for any, get out of there. Whatever the reason is. If you're in a relationship that you don't like, put your foot down, you know, get out of it. I mean, there are so many things. If you don't like some law or whatever, well, then figure out what needs to be done. You figure out what the better path is, what the better law is, and then you go out and you promote it and you raise money and you, you know, you lobby for that thing or you go, if you think running for office is going to be the solution, fine, get your ass out there and run for office. I mean, but we are here, I believe, to understand that 
this is a classroom and your job is to learn to be a creator. So if you are not happy with the world that you're living in right now, then a part of it is your fault. And so don't sit around acting and feeling like you're some kind of a victim because everybody is hampered by something. And I know it pisses people off when they hear me talk about being optimistic and they always come up with, oh, well, what does this guy know? This guy's a privileged guy. He's this, that. They always come up with some kind of reason like, well, I can't relate to the average person because I'm this, that. Well, I have had, well, I guess the desire and the honor of traveling a good deal in my life and and not only traveling but talking and engaging through all kinds of media with people from just about every kind of background that you can imagine people from every culture every race every form of gender religion um, people who believe in something don't believe in something violent people people who are promoters of um, almost naive peace I mean like I've talked to all these different people and what I can tell you is that I can take any person if I want to and I can say well what does this person know because fill in the blank I, I mean and, and, and again you take that situation you can put anything you want in that blank you will find some way you can demonize a person or at least dismiss a person if you want to and whether you do it through through any kind of racism or bigotry or elitism or like you know whatever your thing is mockery whatever your thing is you can find a way to belittle someone and what does that do though what does that do all that does is again go back to that terrible desire for confirmation bias instead of me opening my mind and appreciating this other person's experience and appreciating how much we have in common I am instead uh, using this as an opportunity to just brush this person aside for some frankly irrelevant reason in most cases uh, just so I can continue feeling comfortable where I am and so that's why I make a big deal out of what I call the friendly universe theory. For me, it's a reality. I wrote about this in Use the Force, a Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, in which I say I believe that the universe is a conscious, sensitive medium. And if you are using your imagination and your talent and whatever the sort of artistic ability you have within your brain to project upon this reality a big, dark, wicked, sinister, monstrous thing that's out to get you, then that's what you're going to create for yourself. And those around you who trust you, you're actually not doing them any good either. You're doing a disservice to them. You know, your friends, your family, your loved ones, your audience, you're doing them a disservice as well because people who admire you, they will, they'll get taken with that bug. Like I say, it's contagious. And you start preaching this 
ridiculous sort of doom and gloom that's unrealistic without having the open mind to consider that you could be wrong and look at another point of view and that everything that you read in a book is not true I don't care if it's been published in a thousand books that doesn't make it true okay I don't care if you see it in a thousand internet videos that doesn't make it true that basically a lot of what happens in your life are things that need to be based upon your own personal direct experience I'm really big on that I'm really big I guess it's because I've written books and I've been involved with movies and TV and I know so much of what's out there is just fiction fiction presented as fact don't believe that just because you've read it from some other asshole who's giving his opinion or trying to cash his check or stir up a controversy to make his deal no rely upon your own personal experiences And when you do that and you go out into the world, you find that 98% of the time, people are actually very nice, regardless of where they're from. That's what makes civilization work. If everybody was out there, you know, fighting constantly, we wouldn't have the ability to keep our civilization together. Most people are good people. They don't see the world the same way. They don't agree on things. They do things in their own weird, wacky little way. But they're good people who are not out to harm you. And if you start thinking of the universe as a friendly place, whether you believe that or not, if you just pretend, if you just start thinking of the universe as a friendly place, force yourself to do it if you have to, for a few days or whatever. Get up every morning and look up toward the heavens or whatever represents it for you and you say, thank you, I love you, I want you to know that I know you want me to be a happy successful healthy person you'll be amazed at how after a while suddenly if you start treating the universe like like it's a living thing that loves you it will start to behave like that toward you it will start to react that way and you will start to see blessings and miraculous sort of things come into your life and then it becomes addictive it's just like the dark side is addictive that takes you down this spiral into believing that everything around you is bad and corrupt and it makes you paranoid and and uh you don't trust you know what's around you well that's one direction you can go you know that is the dark side or you can look at the universe as again a friendly supportive place that wants you to be happy healthy successful and that becomes addictive as well because you'll see this starts working and then you start manifesting through this relationship you have with the universe uh, positive things and you start to to look at people in a different way you're not looking at people suspiciously you're looking at people as they really are you know and they can sense that about you i think a lot of people in life who get victimized probably um they they probably are projecting their own weaknesses as well you know and you don't have to project that you don't have to project weakness because you're a strong person 
and you also have to be smart, you know, about putting yourself in positions where you will be safe, you know. Don't go into a risky situation. And by risky, I mean like, look, that could be anything from whether you decide to go skydiving or, or whether you want to walk through a dark alley at night or whether you want to eat the puffer fish at the Japanese restaurant. I mean, it's like, you know, if you if you want to take that risk, fine. But, you know, if you, if you don't want to possibly have A, B, or C happen to you, well, don't take the risk. That's what I say about using your judgment and not viewing yourself as just solely a, a victim in every single case. And what I'm saying does not apply 100% of the time, but it does apply most of the time. So I find it very important to put images around myself that remind me that the universe is a friendly, caring place. And it goes back to, you know, that quote that is attributed to a number of people. Uh, Einstein is one of the people that's, to paraphrase, it's sort of like, you know, you can, you have to make one decision in life. Am I living in a friendly universe or am I living in an unfriendly universe? Another way of putting it is you can believe that everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. Well, I choose to believe in the friendly universe, and by doing that, I have good things happen to me. I'm living proof of that. And even when I find myself in a situation where I'm being interviewed and somebody um, starts getting really negative and um, and gets irritated by my, my optimism, that's fine. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me because what you do is not as important uh, as how I react to it because I have no control over what you do. But I do have control over how I react to it. And that's the important thing to remember in life, you know, where the control lies. And so if you go to freecharm.com, you've probably been there. I have this picture that I have used for a long time to remind me that the universe is a friendly place. It's a picture that shows all the stars sort of forming a big smile. And I've had that as a screensaver on my computer, on my cell phone. I'll print it out. I'll put it on the wall. I'll, I'll just put it wherever I can to remind me throughout my day, oh yeah, stop, no matter how stressed you're getting, how distracted you're getting by advertising or whatever, brainwashing. Um, no, no. Stop and remind myself I'm living in a friendly universe that loves me, wants me to be happy and succeed. And I, and that's what I'm projecting out there. And so by sympathetic resonance, that's what comes back to me. And that determines what my ultimate experience is here on Earth. So again, if you go to freecharm.com, you'll see that picture. Well, here's what's so amazing to me. And this is another example of how there is some kind of meaning in the universe. So last night, like I say... I do this interview with this guy who has this very dark point of view. And I, you know what? I, I, and I like the guy, and I think he has uh, interesting shows, and he has a big audience and all that. Um, but I felt sorry for him afterward because I thought about what it would feel like to to be in his shoes every day, to be that afraid you know to be that fearful to be that suspicious to be that paranoid that you feel like 
there is this giant, dark, nefarious force that's coming in to, to destroy you and everything you love, you know. He talked about how afraid he was for his family and all this kind of stuff. And so I was thinking about what a what a terrible like worldview to have, you know, that this guy is he believes it, so I don't you know, I I don't blame him for believing what he believes, but uh I think that's really, really sad that he can't see the flip side of this, you know, that there's another way of viewing the world. And so then today, what happens? I get up and I see this news story and it's from space.com and the headline is the Hubble telescope has found a smile in space to warm your heart and yes guess what it's another one of these kinds of images it is an image of it looks like two maybe spiral galaxies as eyes and there's some kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe another galaxy. I don't know what the hell this is. But basically, it's a picture from outer space from the Hubble telescope. And it looks like a big smiley face. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, wow. It almost gives me goosebumps. Because this is the perfect thing for me to see today as a new news story after the experience I had last night seeing what it's like if you go in the opposite direction, you know. Not that I really needed to be reminded of that, but this was a real confirmation for me when I saw this, like, man, it's nice to be me. It's nice to be, hopefully, you, where you realize what I'm talking about here. You are a creator, you are in this reality in order to learn to create. You cannot do anything you want, as far as I know. You are going to break down. You are going to get sick. You are going to die. But, in the meantime, how much can you control? How much can you improve somebody else's life? How much can you improve your own life? Uh, it's a good thing that we don't last forever, that we break down and expire, because there would never be any kind of collective change or advancement, right? That's a necessary thing. I do not fear death. I'm sure when, when the moment of death comes, if I know it's coming, I'm going to probably be uh, frightened at that moment just because I don't know exactly what the hell this is going to feel like, you know. Uh, but as far as, you know, the idea that I'm not going to be here forever, I mean, that's it doesn't do any good to be afraid of that, right? It's just, you know, it's just going to happen and you're going to move on to something else and you might not even remember any of this. So, therefore, if you have read my book, Use the Force, A Jedi's Guide to the Law of Attraction, where I talk about this concept of having this relationship with the universe that will make your life good. If you've been to freecharm.com and you've you see how I explain this, and you can even save that picture and use it for yourself. Well, then you also might find this new picture from the Hubble telescope, one of those images that you'll want to possibly save and use as a screensaver or print out and put in a place where you'll notice it every day 
it's it's pretty cool new incarnation of this and it's on my uh where i posted a link to it on my twitter feed my uh twitter there is at joshua p warren at joshua p warren if you go to joshua p warren.com there is no period after the p if you go to joshua p warren.com you'll find a section there well you'll find a lot of cool stuff you'll find my curiosity shop which has things you won't find anywhere else on the internet you'll find all kinds of cool videos and stuff but you'll you'll find my my section there to my twitter feed and you can click that and uh you'll find this story fairly easily right now about this new smiley face in space so give that a shot let me know what you think of it also while you're there at joshuapwarren.com well click the link to this podcast it's called joshua p warren daily it's always short it's always free it's completely independent and uh well it's uncensored and if you don't believe that fuck you joshua p warren daily click the link to it and you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren. And I will usually tweet when a new one is available. So that is it for today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.